This is Push to Talk, the Health Push podcast. I'm Dr. Afosu Uabamwen, and for this episode, I'm sitting down with multi hyphenate menswear blogger, activist, and influencer Aruj Aftab. Her BBC documentary, My Tumor Made Me Trendy, aired at the end of 2018 and helped challenge perceptions of what it means to be an influencer in today's social climate. She's been featured on British Vogue, nominated for the Cosmopolitan UK Influencer Awards and racked up an array of brand deals, all while advocating for body positivity. We welcome Aruj. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. So, how was your day? It's good. Busy. <laughs> busy, but good. Busy. Better back to, busy to Back to... Back to work after break. It's hard one. It's really yeah, hard. That, tran- that early January transition is always the toughest. I'm still asleep. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to ask you a little bit about your upbringing, uh, where you grew up, uh, what you studied, how you got into fashion. Great. So I um, grew up in Bradford, West Yorkshire. So I'm a Bradfordian. Northern gal. Yorkshire girl, <laughs> you know. <laughs> the nicest ones. Yeah. <laughs> Joking, that was a joke. Everyone, Everyone's nice, by yeah. the way. Um, anyway, yes, I grew up in Bradford, West Yorkshire. I'm 23 years old. Mm-hmm. And um, went to school in Bradford. Did like a year of art in Bradford. And yeah, that that's me. I'm from Bradford, Northern okay. girl. So you grew up in Bradford and then for school... You went, sorry, for university? University. Uh, I went to Nottingham Trent University. Oh, okay, okay. So moved a little bit further south, but still north moved of London. <laughs> See, like, this is really confusing. So when 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 um, I was, like, I had friends in London, and I said, yeah. I am studying Nottingham, which is not far from you guys. To me, that's not that far f- from yeah. London, right? They were like, oh, my God, you're well far. What are you on about? Everywhere out of like, outside of the M25 is far I was like, guys, anything that's an hour out of you is apparently far. <laughs> like, what is going on? But yeah, then now I realise, like, if someone asks me to come to Nottingham, I'll be like, no. Now that I moved to London, by the way. So now I live in London. Now you live in London. Um, okay. Yeah. And how are you finding the trend? Like, how are you finding it? Being it's from busy. the busy. It's different. And, and it's a bit of a... I don't know if it's, it, the culture shock's the right word to use. It's more of a different dynamic, I'd say. Yeah. Definitely. Like the tubes, I can't get used to the tubes. I'm like, no, <laughs> like, oh. Um, but it's not the end of the world. Like, it's fine. And I think, I think for me, like, I, I talk to everybody, right? Mm. And there are some very friendly Londoners. Like, when somebody said to me, oh, yeah, people in London don't talk or smile, I think that's a bit of a lie. You it's know, a bit far fetched. Yeah, it's, it's like paying everyone the same brush. I yeah, I know. I think it depends on the, pu- I think it just depends who you talk to, right? Yeah, for sure. So, um, like with anywhere really yeah yeah i think i like london the growth like there's so much growth and potential here yeah um like bradford's home home is where the heart is i would never diss it yeah but london is london's London's the place to be yeah (laughs) so you went to uni in nottingham and what did you study i studied fashion communication and promotion at nottingham trent university and is that what you always wanted to do no like i i wanted to work before like with children either in art therapy pediatric care or child care health and social wow. i even wanted to be a midwife at some point but i think my my biology oh. science grades didn't really match <laughs> up, <so. laughs> <Not> <laughs> I, up. I needed a stars i yeah. just got about b's or c's so i was like no c's i don't really know what i got but i just knew that i wasn't a doctor mm. so i was like right <laughs> career plan switch so was that like the deciding factor or was it like or did you actually feel that you had a um, 
a greater interest in something else. No, yeah. like then I looked at social care. Um, yeah. I was really interested in the kind of education system, social justice system, all that kind of yeah. stuff. Um, and it, only because I got along with children, like every time, yeah. like as <laughs> kids, kids love me. Like that's not me being biased. Kids like love me. Like I get <laughs> on with them. So, so maybe I'd be really good working with kids. Mm. And um, but then then I did work experience in year ten, and I was like, okay, I don't think I want to be a teacher. <laughs> so I was like, nope. But um, it, I think every year during hi- high school, it was just every year I wanted to be something different. Like I think most kids, I think it's like very rare to find a kid who wants to be the same thing from the age of twelve all the way to eighteen. Yeah, and then goes to do that thing at university. Yeah, like my first first career path was I want I want to be an artist. Mm. Then it was I want to be an archaeologist. An archaeologist. <laughs> yeah. Did you watch Indiana Jones? Or I like love history. <laughs> I loved history, okay. but I was just never good at it. History is like a memory test. So yeah. I was just like, well, I can't say that. Actually, it's not like a memory test. It's facts. You've got to know your history. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But for me, it felt like a memory test because I was remembering like these dates. Yeah. And yeah. then I wanted to be a doctor. Then I wanted to be a pediatric doctor. Then I wanted to be a midwife. Then I wanted to be a fashion designer. Then I didn't want to be a fashion designer. So it's kind of like... Why didn't you want to be a fashion designer? Well, you work in fashion now, so... <laughs> would, is it something that you would still consider? Like, design? Yeah, now, yes. Now. But, um, but now now that I know how it works, yes. Mm. But before, like, I think I was I was doing textiles for, for my GCSEs, and I just couldn't stitch. Like, I was really <laughs> good. I was that was it. That was what you were like, <laughs> nope, this isn't for me, I, I thought, can't stitch. I thought that fashion designing was just like, making the clothes and... No, not just making the clothes, but just kind of, you have to make the clothes. You have to be the one that makes the clothes, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but then there's, there's a team of people behind that, right? So it's like I didn't know that until. Of course, yeah. You're not there like making every single every stitch and every single, single garment. T-shirt. But um, <laughs> but then I I was really aware that I was really good at the idea process and I was really good at the creative process and kind of putting things together, thinking of a market plan mood boards drawing creativity all that kind of stuff i was good at it's my strongest point at that point i knew that i'm creative i know how to style i know fashion yeah i just can't make but i knew if i was going to do at university i'd have to make the garments of course yeah so it's kind of like i need to think of a different alternative a different route so what what exactly is your role now what do you do that's a good question (laughs) i think we were discussing this earlier um it's really hard to define what i do so obviously yes i'm on um Instagram, uh, I'm a fashion, I'd say the word influencer, but I'm going to go into that, I think, a bit later. I don't think the word influencer is a bad word to use. I just think it can be a bit cringy to use. Um, It's because of the connotations that are attached to it nowadays. But I think for the true meaning of the word influencer, you are influencing a group of people through social media or whatever platform. Thank you. No, I'd say, say, yeah, have I influenced? I think so. I would agree, yeah. But... I won't just solely stick to fashion. So it's kind of like, I'm not just an influencer, but I'm kind of, I'd say I'm more of an advocate and activist. Yeah. And body positivity spokesperson. Yeah. With a bit of styling and fashion here and there. So I do that, but I also have a full-time job. I'm a country manager at an influencer marketing data company, okay. which is called Post for Rent. And we kind of focus on data, authenticity, you know, fake followers exist, fake likes exist. Yeah, so, um, and I'm passionate about that kind of stuff. I want to make sure that brands are working with the right people and 
I'm tired of seeing these fake ads and these fake content. Like it's, I think we need a bit more transparency in the industry. Absolutely, yeah, I'm 100% agree So it that. kind of falls in line with what I stand for as well, my full-time job and my kind of Instagram. Also, people I see them full-time, so two full-time jobs. They're both bounced, they're both, they both bounce off one another. <laughs> so we're working double time, basically. Double time. <laughs> so as someone who is quite active on social media, both, you in your personal i guess i would call it personal life your personal endeavors yeah um and in your work life what is your what are your views about things like the removal of likes from instagram well i can still see my likes i'm still waiting for my likes to kind of be removed i i think i i'm here for the idea i i think it's great like i can understand how some content creators and influencers and brands wouldn't like it because I can't see the transparency or influencers can't show off the kind of work, hard work that's been paid off and yeah. that kind of stuff. Because a lot of people have spent years building up followings that get some great engagement. So mm. basically having that stripped away, that's another tool that's been taken out of their toolbox. Yeah, but I think that you can provide, you can still provide your insights. It's not the end of the world. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And there's apps like where I work <laughs> that, <Yeah>. that <laughs> exist that if you want to work with brands, it's based it's based on data. Mm. I don't think you can justify the number of likes to someone's following to how much of a good content creator they are. Mm. I no, think it's the context not. behind it as well. Yeah. Um. I think it's great. Like from like f even for like seeing things online and seeing I know what gets the most likes on Instagram within the body positive space. Yeah. So. For me, like I, I think I, I, like, I, I'm quite keen on the idea of how they do this because I think it could go two ways. Really unpopular, which it might be, but I think the longevity of it and their kind of transparency towards mental health and kind of making the platform accessible for people that might not have the social skills or any of that kind of stuff or people that compare themselves online, I think it's great. But yeah. I think if you're that bothered about the likes, not that it's, <laughs> I think it's not just about you, is what I say. Absolutely. I mean, the in the CEO of Instagram, his name is Adam Mosseri. He said, he's quoted as saying, we will make decisions that hurt the business if they help people's well-being and health. I think that's great. Isn't it? I think yeah. that's the kind of attitude. That that's the kind of attitude missing. you need to have. Um, but that's what I think as a creator, and if so, if you're a creator and you're promoting and your, your, your positivity or whatever it is, you should care about your following Absolutely. and the audience that are following you. Definitely. It's not about, it is about you, but it's not always about you. It's about the kind of, you know, it's about your followers. You know, mental health right now is a big issue and social media is the main point, main, one of the main factors of it. Yeah, it's a big contributing factor. And Instagram definitely. are obviously developing themselves and kind of trying to not be a platform that's toxic when it's probably one of the most toxic platforms. So they're really trying. Mm. Um, but I think it's a great, great decision. I'm just interested to see how it pans out for 2020. Definitely. So you are a menswear blogger. Uh, how did that come about? How did you start blogging exclusively menswear? So I'd say as my body started to change, um, so neurofibromatosis is a condition that I have and it's my tumors, benign tumors growing inside my nerve, skin and brain. Yeah. I've only got it on my nerve endings on the left side of my body at the moment and my skin. And um, 
up until 2016, 15, 17 even, it's really hard to kind of pick a time because I wasn't aware, I wasn't paying attention until it became something. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like I started just to transition as my body started to change. So if you kind of scroll through my Instagram, really early, early, early posts, you'll see fitted clothing, skinny jeans, fitted shirts, and then you'll see a transition of oversized fashion. So you're really dressing for convenience almost. Yeah. And also because I didn't nobody knew my nobody knew I had a condition. So I didn't really want to tell anybody. Mm. So I was just wearing oversized fashion, then began to label myself as a menswear, girl styling menswear um blogger because yeah. I was I was subconsciously buying menswear until I realised my entire wardrobe is menswear. So I thought, how can I have a USP? I'll be a menswear blogger. Wow, um, that's a good pivot, yeah. So again, nobody knew about my condition. And then um, that's how I transitioned transition to menswear and kept it going because then I was nominated for the Influence Award by Cosmopolitan in 2018. Um, but i grateful to be nominated, but I just didn't feel deserving of it because I knew that I was hiding in this condition and this is the reason why I've probably been nominated because of the menswear angle. Yeah. So for me, I felt like a bit of a fraud, uh, a bit of dishonesty from my end. Although it wasn't that, you know, you can't share everything online. So I just kind of was like, cool, got involved. I was like, yes, vote for me, da da da. Kept it really positive. And then um, it put a lot into perspective for me about what the word influencer means. Because, so what am I influencing men's fashion? Mm. Girl can wear menswear? I don't know. Like, what was I actually influencing? So then that's when it became like, if I want to be an influencer, I want to have a purpose. And then that award itself put a lot into perspective for me. Like if I'm ever nominated for an award next time, it's gonna be meaningful. Yeah. Do you know absolutely. what I mean? So you wanna feel like you deserve it or like you earned it. Yeah. Cause I didn't feel deserving of it. I was just uploading pictures, do you know what I yeah. mean? With no purpose. Um so yeah, that, that's the kind of how it transitioned into uh, menswear. And um it just kind of carried on. And in the same year, two thousand eighteen, so that was kinda I think June, if I'm correct, the Cosmopolitan. Mm on May, June, I think. Then it got to December and I did the BBC documentary. So, um, Things started to snowball. But I didn't do the BBC documentary because I wanted to win awards. No, of you course know what I mean? not. It was, yeah, it was um, but why did you do it? My twin sister, um, she works for the BBC and she was, li we were li like she was living in Manchester at the time and she had a dream of moving to London in a bigger role, bigger job, but she has to be a person with ideas. And I think her manager said, well, come back to me with an idea. And if your idea is good enough, we'll make it into a documentary. Oh. And a lot's been done already, you know. So she's like, but nobody knows about neurofibromatosis. So at that point, I was also working at a modeling agency in Manchester. Then working as a fashion blogger that had a Cosmo nomination, do menswear. She goes, you do all these things. So included in the fashion industry, you have a disfigurement, but nobody knows. And you're around models, one. You're putting yourself online. Like, this is a really interesting story. But how you're still working in the fashion industry with, like, men with, like mentally, like, how do you keep the capacity to keep going when you yeah. see a lot and what you've got? And obviously, the fashion industry is a lot of about the way you look. That was the, been, that was the biggest thing for me. I find it actually kind of amazing what you've been able to they, to put yourself out there it takes a lot a lot of self-confidence a lot of basically ignoring what you think might people say people might say about yeah. you or think about you so it's what what how did you 
what, how, okay. Did you have a support <laughs> system around you? Yeah, so many questions. Do you have a support system around you? Did you have self, did you feel doubtful of yourself or were you just, were you just like, this is me, this, I'm gonna tell people. It's weird because I think unless you have a condition, it's not the first thing that comes to your mind. Mm. My neuropragmatosis isn't the first thing that comes to my mind all the time. No. It's weird, I forget I have it sometimes. Of course, yeah. But it's still there because it causes me a lot of pain. But I think, I don't know, it's really hard to explain like how I deal with the condition. I don't see it there, but I see it there. Yeah. And it's really hard to explain that. And I think unless someone's got like a similar condition that understand what I'm trying to say, it's not the first thing that comes to my mind, but it's always on my mind. But it's not, it's not my decision-making thing, if that makes yeah. sense. So she kind of came up to me, going back to the story, she came up to me and she was like, I really want to do a documentary. And I, I was like, well, no, I'm not sharing this. This is way too personal. And then yeah, I said no at least four or five times before I said yes. And then she, then I thought, okay, this is my twin sister. Like, she doesn't have the condition, by the way. So she, like, doesn't have any of it. So I said, this is my twin sister. She wouldn't throw me under the bus. Let me do this for her. This could be really big for her. At the same time, I was thinking, I've never, ever met anybody with this condition. And maybe this might give me a bit more of a purpose in life. Because at that point, like, I was working at a modeling agency, not sure if... You're feeling a bit lost. Feeling a bit lost. Not sure if I liked the industry I was in, but I did, I knew I, I liked it, but I'm not sure what my future held or kind of how I saw myself as... as Going forward. Going forward, yeah. But all I knew is that whatever I wanted to do, I want to change the industry, whether it's to have more representation in the modeling industry or whether it's to reach out to people and inspire them through fashion or whatever it might have been at that point. I was like, this might give me a bit of purpose and it could... It could meet. It could be something. I could meet somebody with a condition. I could work with charities. I could use my voice on my online platform to raise awareness on a condition that I haven't shared, but that needs raising awareness on. And if nobody's got to do it, somebody's got to do it because I'd not seen anything about neurofibromatosis before, apart from one person here and there. Yeah. So I did it for her and myself. Uh, fast forward, film the documentary. Um, How was the process of filming it? You know, I'm going to be honest, I hated every day of filming. Oh God. How many days? It was from October, November to December. Early That's a December. lot of days to hate. October, <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, October till end of December. Not every day. That's a bit of an exaggeration. I, I was just, my anxiety peaked at that, that, during that winter. Because yeah. I was like, every day got closer towards the end of filming. And I was and like, it's oh. actually happening. And yeah. it's too late to turn back. And obviously I didn't want to disappoint anybody. So I kept that smile on, <laughs> kept going. <laughs> um, and it, it was great. It's the best decision I think I've made in my life. Um, I met Adam Pearson, who is a presenter and actor. He's also got neurofibromatosis and he's actually got it on his face. So his is quite visible. Um, but it's kind of did that and um, it got released. The online article that I did got one and a half million hits and the BBC documentary was meant to stay on for 28 days but it ended up staying for a whole year. So the traction crazy. was crazy. Um, like a swarm of messages from mums and dads and kids. I've got this condition. Thank you so much for sharing the story. It's so great to see someone still carrying on with their day-to-day -day life. How does that feel when you read messages like that? I'll be honest, like it's, it was really strange because I was quite, even though I've got the condition, I was quite ignorant to how the condition I had affected other people I didn't know anything about my own condition 
that's the mm. craziest thing. I didn't even look into it. <laughs> then I began to realize that this condition affects everybody in so many different ways. Some people don't have a visible tumor. Some people's is hidden. Some people have visible tumors. Some people have wheelchairs. Some people have got cancer through it. So it's kind of like I didn't even so know. Different I, presentations. I didn't know. Same condition. So even that educationally, it was amazing. It opened yeah. up my eyes. Um, but again, those messages was really strange because I've never had messages like that of thank some people saying thank you for doing something like that. And I was just so overwhelmed. I made sure I replied to every single person, which I was then blocked on Instagram because I was apparently spamming because I was like, like, reply, like, oh. reply. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it was all sorted <laughs> in the end. But it was crazy. Um, the process was crazy and it's really overwhelming because I'm like, all right, these people message me. Now I've got. To, now I'm going to do something about now it. You, now you have a, almost a responsibility to them. Yeah, which felt good. Like it, it wasn't. It was terrifying, but good at the same time. Yeah. Like I just knew that I had to carry on my voice. Exactly. You knew that what the work you're doing is clearly important. It's affecting these, towards touching these people yeah. in so many ways. Like it's strange. So from like you think December to January, from a menswear girl signing menswear to menswear body positivity influencer. Yeah. Like, That's the <laughs> then yeah. I had the body positivity label, which I didn't even knew I fell under. Like, I didn't know I could label myself in that. Do you know mm. what I mean? Because um, for me, I was quite, again, I was ignorant a bit to the body positivity movement because I didn't think it was, I just, relevant uh, to you. I didn't think it was relevant to me because I only saw kind of one type of representation in the body positivity movement. I thought, all oh, right, so body positivity can mean anything. Whether you wear a headscarf, whether you want to be in lingerie, whether you want to cover up, whether you don't. Yeah. It can be anything. Exactly, that's a, that's a really interesting point. Actually, in terms of body positivity, what are your views on the movement? Do you think it's a trend, or do you think it's something that's <coughs> here to stay? Because it has been on the rise, has been on the rise in the past few years. But you don't necessarily know whether that's just because people think it's trendy and people think it's cool, and they think they might get more likes if they label themselves as a body positive. I, I don't think influencer. so. I don't think so. I think that you know, like. Come on, you look, what, three years ago? Would you see a curved girl on the front cover of a magazine? No. Unlikely. Then, like, you get Felicity Hayward, who's doing amazing things. Like, all these girls who have done good things for body positivity. However, like, I think I think for me, l growing into the body positive movement, it's we've come a long way, which I think is amazing. Like, I mean, the hashtag wouldn't even exist if it wasn't for these girls. Like, if mm. you look on Instagram, it's thriving. A yeah. huge community, right? Um, but I've actually, although I'm in the body positive movement and I was, I'm labelled as a body positive influencer, I find it extremely difficult to identify myself. Um, like I don't, I don't know how to identify myself because, for me, why I, I don't, I don't show my skin. I've only shown my, I've only shown my neurofibromatosis in the documentary and when I was sharing my story to Instagram. But I don't show my skin, and there's many personal factors to that. But that doesn't mean I'm not body positive. Yeah. My body confidence is what I wear. Honestly, that the more layers I wear and oversized, the more confident I am as a person and my personality shines through. If I'm not wearing something I'm not comfortab comfortable in, I'm not going to be confident. So surely that still ties in with body positivity, right? Of course. Like it should be to be about the expression of what you represent what you yourself. feel best yeah. in. Exactly. What re what represents you yeah. and what you feel most comfortable in. But it's hard because I've had people say to me that, you know, if you're body positive just show it man just show it like you should be flaunting <laughs> it you should be happy and confident in your own skin 
And like, I, th- I think people who, like these are, it's hard to explain. If you've got an illness, there's one thing being body positive, which I am, yeah. but there's another thing overcoming it. Yes. You, I can't overcome the illness. I'm still facing it every day. But am I accepting my body now? Yes. Yeah. But I haven't overcome my condition, so I can't just show it all the time. Do you know what I mean? No, I totally Um, And I don't believe, I believe that a woman in a headscarf or a hijab can just be just as body positive as a woman in lingerie. Do you know what I mean? And I think it's up, it's the person themselves. And I don't think showing skin is a necessity uh, for everybody. Like for myself, like I'm from an Islamic background and Pakistani faith. Yeah. So modesty is even a huge thing for me. And not that I'm a person anyway. That's not obviously that's. But that's I. It's kind of like I know I. I'm not comfortable showing my skin. Yeah. Again, that doesn't mean I'm not body positive. No, I don't think that's what body body positivity necessarily means. It people have taken one definition kind of run with that based on their opinions or what what they I know see it it's hard be. though because a lot of ca- a lot of campaigns that ma- that are amazing that I see still that obviously is a lot of it is uh, shown skin which isn't a isn't like the bad thing I think it's great but then there's more than one kind of representation is what I'm trying to say mm. um but I still appreciate how far we've come and how long we've how like, we've come a long way and it wouldn't be done without these girls who are brave, strong, and that ca- you know, and, and and confident. And I think that's what's made the movement so big. I don't think it's. I hope it's not a trend. I don't think it's a trend. I think it's here to stay. Um, I think it's encouraging more people to be confident in themselves and of themselves. Yeah. And I think it's a great movement. I just think there's more representations of it that's not necessarily shown in in media. Yeah, because it's just. Yeah, a, l- a lot of the time, things that are popular, whatever's popular, is what kind of gets bigger and bigger and bigger. One hundred percent, like a constant spiral. Yeah. So there are about a billion users on Instagram today. <laughs> so that's a, that's a seventh of the planet. That's crazy reach. Um, why why do you think Instagram is such an important platform for people today? That's a good question. Um, I'm trying to think from both influencer perspective and marketer's perspective. Um, in a sense, I really meant it from why do people engage with it so much? Why do people feel so attached to it? Right. Why has it become such like a, a central point of our society? Because it affects our mental health. It affects our social interactions. It really affects mm. everything we do in our lives. People make money entirely from Instagram. That's a job that didn't exist. In v- being a full-time influencer is a job that did not exist 10, 15 years ago. It's like, there's so many stories to tell. And <laughs> I think Instagram does that great. There's so many stories to tell. There's so many creatives to discover. There's so much talent to discover. And I think that's what Instagram does great, is the unique skills and qualities of every single person that's on their platform. Mm. Like the Explore page whatever yeah you'll find loads of people the hashtags you can search a hashtag and find the content that you want to find it but i say in terms of mental health and instagram um like they're hiding likes like we spoke about i think it's amazing they're doing that so they're always trying to develop as an app but again with mental health i think we it's a platform that a lot of people love but hate (laughs) to (laughs) love but hate to use um, I'm not quite sure why. Maybe it's the influencer ads perspective that's tarnished it for people. 
or maybe because people like are seeing people who probably through a picture are seen as living a better life than them and it's just a picture it's just a picture yeah people <laughs> that's one thing people don't realize everybody yeah. presents their best self as we've said over yeah and over like again. that's what i say like as an example so when i was before i shared my story like i was just posting a picture and i was getting i was getting like messages like body goals da, da, da. nobody knew that i was <laughs> battling a disfigurement i was like this is just a picture but you don't know anything about the p- the context behind that picture right yeah exactly so i try not to compare myself online to people personally but i think it's hard it's definitely hard especially when it's what you spend every single day most people of our generation wake up and check instagram like they're checking instagram constantly through the day it's hard to not compare whatever your situation you're in to what you're constantly taking in yeah like that's what that's just it so i always say to people don't follow people you wish to be like follow people you can be like then that's just it because i think before when i was starting off this is before i shared my story um, I was following people that I was like, oh yeah, uh, uh, like this is like goals, uh, uh, mm. you know. Didn't have again, I didn't have a purpose really. And now I'm like, I actually don't follow many influencers unless I met you in person. Yeah, and I like you. I'll follow you. Exactly. I think that I mean? was that was one change that I made as well on Instagram. Just like choosing to f- choosing Be who I was following. Yeah. Choosing who I was following. Don't just follow anyone for any reason. Kind of not. M- it's not like avoiding following people who you kind of inspire you, um, but definitely being careful about what kind of inspiration you take. What kind of inspiration you take? That's I think the right that's one. Yeah, the perfect way to phrase it. Because you can take bad inspiration that might lead you up the wrong way, or you can take really good inspiration that you make that will make you work harder. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And even I, with the body positivity, because I've had to, I actually followed the hashtag not too long ago because I was struggling to identify myself within it. Because I just saw one kind of representation. I was like, right, in order for me to think creatively and fresh and stay t- true to my message um, and not feel excluded, I'm just going to still do me. And I think that's yeah. the point. Just like I always say, do you do you? Just do you. Like, if you want to <laughs> share, if you want to share, you. Share, you wanna share what you want to share. That's the take home message. Do what you want to do. Um, at the end of the day, not uh, people either love it or hate it, but that's that's on them. You know what I mean? Agreed. And I'm still learning. Like mental health is a huge issue. Like even I struggle with it, mm. especially being online. But what I have learned is that it's not that deep. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a really good take. Uh, okay, that's the take home message. It's not that deep. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I've learned anyway. Unless anyone's got a better word to phrase that, just let, let us know. <laughs> so earlier you said that you didn't like the word influencer. I just wanted to circle back to that. So, how would you define, how would you define influencer? Well, you know, I'm thinking about it. Not that I don't like it. I just think that it's got a negative connotation. connotation. You know, because when I think of it, when people think of influencer, they think toothpaste, charcoal toothpaste, gummy bear, <laughs> weight loss. But I think I think that's kind of tarnished the industry a bit because it's a money making system, right? So, but then when I think of influencer, and I was actually having this debate with a few of my colleagues um whilst i was in budapest with them and they're like you can't say you're not an influencer because you are an influencer what you're doing is influencing and i was like yeah but i'm not that influencer not, there's no that influencer you are an influencer but i think people put influence in their own perspective and Agreed. i i like to think that i don't know i'd like to think that i'm, I'm 
I am obviously if I'm influencing that I'm not ashamed of being an influencer, but I just think people have a negative connotation when you say that you're an influencer. Yeah. So I kind of like the word change maker, taste maker. Ooh, or, it does have a nice ring to or, it. Um, <laughs> even activist, um, you know, uh, spokesperson. It's kind of like I do so much. So technically, um, I think I know people that where the word influence is perfectly fitting for them. Yeah. Perfectly fitting for them because they're influencers. Amazing people doing amazing things. Then you see people selling weight loss products to girls under 18 who also label themselves as influencers. So I think the word has its own meaning for ev- everyone. Yeah. And it's up to you. My meaning for influencer is people that I know that are making amazing changes. Okay. But wha- when I think of a consumer or a person who doesn't, doesn't, like, what's the right word? Puts everyone in one box. Their word of influencer might be, oh yeah, you're just making money online and working with every brand. Add, add, add. It's like, yeah, but I don't do that. Um, and so I just wanted to segue into your plans for the future. My so plans for the future. Are there any projects you're working on? Anything you... Yes, to? I am. I'm actually launching, launching, I don't know what to say. I'm, I'm starting something. Um, won't, no, I won't give too much away, but it focuses on the body positivity movement and the way it's represented and also the word diversity and how old fashioned it is to use to describe somebody who's not white. You know what I mean? Like I don't mean to. I'm not saying it like that, but it's kind of like, like the, it's weird. It, the, I say it from experience. Like, I'm brown, Pakistani, Muslim, girl wearing men's clothes, and the word diversity is thrown on me. Yet at the same time, I'm saying to people that no matter what you have, doesn't make a difference. Doesn't I think make a it's so strange else. that we use the diversity, the way the word diversity in that <laughs> yeah. manner. It just doesn't. It doesn't make any sense because literally everybody and every single person in the world is, in that case, is diverse because everybody is different. Um, so this way, this kind of box that we've tick used, boxing exercises, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, basically. I just think it's a word that's thrown around. Like the word to me, diversity means different. I think you can still use the word diversity describe a skill set, describe a person, but don't describe it on the way the person looks or what they have. Mm. Or, a like, condition or a condition that that's what I mean a conditional disability they have because that isn't diversity I think I'm an old person that exists in society I don't think I'm diverse there's no. 26,000 people affected with neurofibromatosis in the UK just with type 1 alone and that's with only with, with what they've diagnosed so far Yeah, and it's more common than Huntington's, Parkinson's and cystic fibrosis combined so neurofibromatosis isn't diverse <laughs> it's, no. it isn't it isn't it's 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 like right. It's a common thing, but not many people know about it. Again, someone being brown isn't diverse. No. <laughs> someone <laughs> having a disability isn't diverse. And what I'm trying to do is kind of replace the word for inclusivity or representation. I think it's it's not the best, but it's the start, right? Definitely. It's kind of like any you change is good change. Yeah, it's like instead of diversifying your campaigns, you just might be inclusive to a community that's not represented enough or represent a community that needs to be in the light a bit more mm. R- not diversity like you know i've seen i've seen campaigns where they're just it's a normal kind of campaign fashion campaign but the minute like let's say somebody with a condition or somebody with acne or somebody with um 
anything like anything that's not normal to society is suddenly diversity. And that's the issue, I think. So your top three rules for staying healthy on social media. So that's I'm not talking about following fitness bloggers. I'm talking about <laughs> mental health and making sure that you're putting yourself in a position to be interacting with social media in a healthy yeah. way. So I'm still learning this myself. I'm not like some guru or some expert. Um, but I think if I'm talking from what I'm currently learning, as I said before, like follow people that inspire you in a good way. Don't follow people you wish to be like. I think there's a difference between wishing and able to achieve. Achievable yeah. is what I'm trying to say. Follow people that have achievable goals. That you, like if you see someone do amazing things and you're like, I want to do that. Great. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yes, but at the same time, I, f I feel there are some people, you don't necessarily know what's achievable because people might have a whole team behind them yeah. to help helping them out to achieve their goals. True. And you don't even really realize that all that's the going on behind going the scenes. On, yeah. So, well, to be fair, I'll say then in the nutshell, and follow people that inspire you in a good way. Mm. You know, that, that make you that. clean, th think clean, think positively. Um, it could even be like an artist. It could be someone that's a quote page. It could even be a fitness blogger. It could yeah. be a beauty blogger. It could be a fashion blogger. It could be a food blogger. Exactly. If you like it's their content, to each yeah. If you like their content, you like their content, right? Yeah. So yeah, be selective, but make make sure their posts make you feel good. Exactly. Basically, the that's tip one. So tip number two, um, stay authentic. Like for me, authenticity and transparency is a big thing, uh, more than it was ever before. You know, like you don't. Y I always say that if you're gonna post something, do it for yourself. Don't post because other people are posting the same things. Yeah. I say there's a lot of the same people online, but there's not enough of you. And you know, we're all s we're all unique in our own way in terms of personality, skill set. And if you're going to post something, make sure it's a you and your personality shines through. You don't need to, just because someone's posted with a Gucci bag doesn't mean you need to post with a Gucci bag to get the likes yeah. or brand deals. Like could I, be fake, yeah. you don't even know. <laughs> it could be fake. Or just because someone's posting in front of a Range Rover, you doesn't mean you need to post in front of a Range Rover. Mm. Uh, whatever it is, or fancy restaurant, don't think that this is the kind of content that only sells. I think the more organic your content and honest content is the more people will take a liking to you because it's it's it shines natural. through they, it, you can see it when someone's being true to themselves when they're being authentic yeah like fine like i know like friends that would do full-on like designer um fashion for women on their instagram and they're killing it but that's because that's their market mm. and that's because that's their lifestyle and that's what they love so yeah. don't try to achieve a lifestyle that isn't like obviously i say go for girls but if it's not there it's not there grow into it like don't feel the pressure to try be like somebody because they've done something yeah. if that makes sense it's only one you yeah yeah there's only one you and uh, have you got a third one yeah third one um i think it's i'd say it's not all about the followers or the numbers um you know you could see somebody that's like for me like i don't look at the numbers of followers of person when i follow them personally if i like their content i like their content i follow them but I follow people that I that you know. I think transparency, as we said before, shines through. And yeah. if you post transparent, the transparent uh, followers will come. Do you know what I mean? But it's not all about yeah. that. It's not all about the followers, as I said. But I know for a lot of people, like especially if you're building a brand 
or if you want to be an influencer or you want to be in fashion and all that kind of stuff I'd just say please take note that it's not all about the followers I think what's becoming important now is what I realize is storytelling and um, not everybody has to have a story that's not what I'm saying but kind of organic content as I mentioned in tip two and tip like tip one it sort of really ties in with this last one just for me the whole organic and authenticity is a big thing so I think the more you are yourself and the less you're trying to be like somebody else to get a following the more the, the more the more longevity more longevity but I don't even think for people who aren't on on Instagram as a career they're just there for kind of fun just you don't even need to look at the likes they're not no. they're not all the followers and those things aren't what matter same That's here not why it's you're strange doing it. for me like i'd say before i used to keep refreshing my likes and as my following's grown i'm on my phone less mm. maybe because i work all the time i don't know <laughs> i don't know <laughs> maybe because i'm on it all day i don't know but no no actually i i, I do use, try to use my phone less and i think that what i'm trying to do this year anyway is just kind of feel content within within myself yeah and tell like go through the kind of body body positivity process on my own without social media as well and let me just feel i mean the main thing for me this year is to feel content and um so again as, as tip three was it's not about the followers and i need to be content with that and it's not about the engagement and i need to be content with that i can only do that if i take time off that platform yeah. and realize a bigger picture in life exactly like it's not again it's not that deep as i said <laughs> before it's not that deep <laughs> And on that note, I think we're done. Thank Ooh. you so much for being here, Ruth. Thank you for having me. Thank really you. Really appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Push to Talk. If you're listening on iTunes, please leave a review. If you'd like to get in touch with Aruj, you can find her on Instagram at it.aruj or at donewithdiversity. Also, feel free to message us on Instagram at healthpush. Until next time.